When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with a special guest on the Wolverine Airwaves for the first time in over a calendar year, or actually just under a calendar year, Austin Fox, former Michigan insider on the Wolverine.com, left us for a uh, another job in another industry last year, but Austin... I was trying to think of, okay, what kind of coverage can we bring here on Championship Week? It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Uh, and I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago. Who better to come on during Championship Week than Austin Fox, who shares a similar love for this great week where everything's on the line for most of the teams in college basketball. There's only 68. They're going to make the big dance, and some of them are going to earn a bid this week. Some of them are going to solidify their spots this week with a win or two or a deep run in their respective conference tournament. I know that uh, gets you going as well as a college basketball lover. So uh, welcome back to the Wolverine podcast. Well, I appreciate the comments, Clayton. It is really good to be back on here. We used to have a lot of fun doing these. I think we recorded these for about 78 straight weeks when we worked together. And like you said, conference tournament week is one of the best weeks out of the entire year. I know some people like to downplay conference tournaments as a whole, but Man, the madness that you get during them and the teams uh, fighting for their NCAA tournament lives make it so much fun. We used to talk about how much we loved day basketball. You got games tipping off at 12 o'clock on weekdays, ending late at night when the Pac-12 games wrap up at 1, 2 in the morning. So it is without a doubt one of the best weeks out of the entire year on the sports calendar. No question. I was watching late. Last night, we're recording this Tuesday night, but late Monday night, Gonzaga's playing, uh, you know, the WCC wrapping up, and I believe they're about to play again tonight here. I think we have some Big East tonight, or at least some ACC today, so uh, best time of the year, the next few weeks here coming up uh, with March. But before we get into that, so what we're going to do is break down the entire Big Ten tournament bracket. We've done it for a couple years in a row. We did it even. We did the most in-depth preview on not only the Big Ten bracket, but every conference tournament two years ago, and then they canceled all of it. So uh, we are just going to be here. I think every, we just got to do it every year now at this point. Uh, but there will be games this week in the Big Ten tournament. Um, so we're going to do that in-depth breakdown of the Big Ten tournament, and then we're going to talk about our conference championship picks for all the other high major leagues. Uh, we'll go through those pretty quickly with a dark horse in e- each league as well to kind of guide you through what is one of the best weeks of the year. But, Austin, before we get into that, um, just a quick life update from you. How much ping pong are you playing? Uh, how many bush lights have you drank in the last 11 months since you've been an employee here or whatever it is? Just uh, just throw it at us. What, what do you got? Well, as far as ping pong goes, Chris Ballas oftentimes used to talk about the Westphalia Invitational. It was a yearly ping pong tournament that they had in my hometown of Westphalia. Did I miss it? You did not. Unfortunately, it was canceled this year because the building it's held in is undergoing uh, renovations. Excuse me. So There's only one building in Westphalia? Yes, we only have one building that's capable of holding such a big event. So Chris Ballas talked countless times about playing in it some year and uh, beating everybody. So unfortunately, he won't be able to put his money where his mouth is, which is oftentimes the case with Chris Ballas. But uh, I've not been playing as much ping pong as I'd like. Bush Light, uh, you know, it's still going down fairly well. The the uh, official sponsor of the Wolverine podcast, or at least it used to be. So You can say that. I don't know if I can legally just make up a sponsor, but go ahead. That is very true. It probably violates uh, some part of your contract, but... No, both uh, Bush Light and Ping Pong are going well lately, so I'm sure our listeners are glad to get an update on both those topics. Yeah, those were hot topics back during the Maize and Blue breakdown days, and you're right, I think 78 straight weeks uh, that we were on the air. Didn't miss an entire week, Um, so that was fantastic. So, all right, I wanted to get that update out of the way because I know people were curious. Hank, 
Franz, who's now under a new name on the new message board, uh, probably both wondering about that. I know they're probably watching right now, like a, a second after this thing drops. So uh, good to get that out of the way. Now, let's get into the bracket, why everybody is here. So we're going to pull it up. The people that are watching on YouTube are going to be able to follow along with us for each of these brackets. Those of you listening on the audio version, give us a five-star review for one on iTunes. Uh, and secondly, we'll try to you know do some commentary to make sure you can stay uh, with us on your bracket. But um, Austin, we have the Big Ten one up here. Illinois is the one. Purdue is the three seed. Uh, Wisconsin's a two. I don't know why I read it like that. Rutgers is the four. Michigan, of course, up there in that 8-9 game against Indiana. Winner takes on Illinois. Iowa does not get that double bye that it looked like it was going to get. They blow a game against Illinois on Sunday night, so they're the five seed. Uh, Maryland and Michigan State are the seven and the ten. Ohio State sitting at the six at the bottom of the bracket. Penn State and Minnesota will take on each other on Wednesday night. Nebraska Northwestern also on Wednesday night to open things up. Um, let's start with Michigan and kind of let's start with the top half of the bracket and work our way down. Um, so first, I guess let's start with that Nebraska Northwestern game. Nebraska, I think I said this with Ant Wright earlier on in the week on the podcast, but I think they are the most dangerous team in the entire country with what they were able to do in the last week of the regular season beating Ohio State and Columbus, beating Wisconsin, without Bryce McGowans, um, is Nebraska. I mean, I, we'll talk about sleepers, but do you think they can make a little bit of noise this week? A little bit, yeah. I think there's no question they can beat Northwestern. In fact, I expect them to. It's tough when you get Iowa, though, in a potential second-round yep. game, but it's incredible what Fred Hoiberg has done with this team. They were terrible for most of the year, and then – for whatever reason, over the past two weeks or so, they've gotten hot, like you said, winning at Ohio State, winning at Wisconsin. To close out the regular season, they announced the Big Ten Awards today. Bryce McGowans did not win Freshman of the Year, like I think a lot of people thought he would and probably deserved to, but he's one of the best players in the entire conference. So no question they can get by Northwestern, but I have a hard time seeing them keeping that momentum going and knocking off a red-hot Iowa team in that second round. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Iowa will be – I mean, they kept it close with Iowa a couple weeks ago. That was kind of the turning point, in my opinion, um, and then obviously crumbled down the stretch in that game, but then able to put together a couple big wins. I think Malachi Branham from Ohio State was more than deserving his freshman year, by the way. Um, if you look at his splits in the second half of the season, I think he was averaging about 17 points a game or close to that. Um, and just completely turned it on, and I hope he goes pro. <laughs> I think a lot of Michigan fans are hoping he goes pro as well, but um, just something about Ohio State. You know, you don't want them to have a guy come back when it seems like all the other good players are leaving. Um, agree with you there. I, I think Nebraska will probably beat that, uh, win that first game, and then lose to Iowa. Um, at the same time, you know, you never know, and they are a team that kept it close with Iowa much of the time. Indiana and Michigan – this is obviously the one that you know we'll focus on, but Michigan won by 18 in Assembly Hall uh, earlier on in the season back in January. I mean, seems to be a good matchup, I think, for Michigan. They have the size advantage down low. Indiana is not a good offensive team. They're actually a bad offensive team. They've only won two games since the start of February, so it's not like they're hot, but they will be desperate. They can D up. Um your thoughts on that matchup, you know, I feel like Michigan is safe and will make the tournament potentially in Dayton, even if they lose this game, but it's kind of a, a game that you're going in thinking, all right, we got to win this to solidify ourselves as a hundred percent in, because if you're 18 and 13 heading into a Friday, big 10 tournament game, you went 11 and nine in, in this strong of a big 10, you're fine. But uh, your thoughts on that matchup. Yeah, I agree. I think Michigan's safe regardless of what they do in this game against Indiana, even if they lose, I think they're still in the NCAA tournament. Worst case scenario is potentially playing in that play-in game in Dayton, which is something you obviously don't want to do. So it would be good if they would beat Indiana and just put that argument to rest. Everybody's saying that Indiana is the team with all the pressure in this game, and they are because they probably do have to win it if they want to make the NCAA tournament. But 
that doesn't automatically mean that they're going to come out and play better than usual. Um, you've seen the pressure get to a lot of these teams in the must-win games over the last week or so, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen to Indiana. But another factor in this game is the way Michigan has absolutely dominated. Indiana dating all the way back to 2016. Michigan hasn't lost to Indiana since that Indiana blowout of Michigan at Chrysler in 2016, in which the Hoosiers at one point went on a 28-0 run in that game. So Michigan absolutely owns Indiana. They've beaten them nine straight times, and I think they keep that streak going and make it number 10 on Thursday. I'm with you there. That's actually a great point about the pressure. Indiana is one of those teams that has crumbled under the pressure in this last month of the season. They have needed wins. They've only won two games against teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament all season long. So uh, I think that's a good point. They've choked away games, including the Ohio State game a couple weeks ago. So they're one to uh, potentially do that again against Michigan, which is going to have its head coach back, which is going to add a big boost. They're going to have Hunter Dickinson back as well. Um, So I do have Michigan winning that game. I think they match up well, as I said. Um, So we both have Iowa then advancing to play Rutgers. And, man, Iowa is the team I think you don't want to – play in this tournament they're my dark horse if i had to pick one outside of the top four uh we can do a dark horse if we want to pick maybe like a seven or higher but um they're definitely my team that didn't get a double buy that is the most dangerous and i don't think that's a hot take um i i got them beating rutgers and i do have michigan losing to illinois in that next game but at the same time at some point michigan's got to beat illinois uh and illinois is a team that put everything on the line, got that share of the Big Ten title in the regular season, are they going to have a little bit of a letdown? I know Michigan is a quote-unquote rival, according to Illinois, but you just never know. And so much of these conference tournaments are about motivation when you go when you have it going in. And Illinois last year is a prime example of that. They felt wronged by the Big Ten not getting that share of the title or outright title, whatever they wanted. And then they go in and kind of tried to prove it to everybody – last year in Indianapolis, win the Big Ten tournament with a win over Ohio State in the title game. So I feel like it might be kind of the opposite for Illinois this year, uh, but they are a bad matchup for Michigan. So I guess who do you have going into um, the semis and then the championship out of this? Because I, I do have Illinois coming out. I have Iowa coming out. And then I actually have um, – I am I was torn on this, but I think I have Iowa getting revenge on Illinois in the Saturday game to head to the final. Um and this is a crazy stat, Austin, about uh, Fran McCaffrey teams. They have never won more than one game in the Big Ten tournament during his entire tenure there, which is crazy. It's like the opposite of the Michigan stat, where they haven't lost their first game in the Big Ten tournament since 2006, Tommy Amaker. Um, so it's insane. So it's kind of – it's it's – a little bit crazy to say that I was going to turn it on here, but they're playing great ball. They're playing as good as anybody in the Big Ten right now, uh, and I got them advancing to Sunday. They really are. Iowa has lost two games since January ended uh, to Michigan and Iowa City and then to Illinois this past Sunday, the game that they blew late. So Iowa is one of the hottest teams in the entire country, but I'm not picking them to make the okay. semifinals or finals for the reasons that you just talked about. Iowa is one of those teams that never does well in the Big Ten tournament for whatever reason. Indiana falls into that category as well. Uh, It seems like most years the exact same teams do well and then the same teams do poorly. And Michigan is one of those teams as well who always has a lot of success in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, look at what Michigan, for example, has done in recent years. Made the championship game three straight years from 17 to 19, won two of those. In 17 and 18, made the championship in 14. So Michigan knows how to win in this type of tournament setting. With that being said, I'm picking Illinois to beat them on Friday. It pains me to do so, but for whatever reason, Illinois just has had Michigan's number over the past several years. Uh, They're the only team that Juwan Howard has not beaten in the Big Ten since he got to Michigan. Michigan has not beaten Illinois since 2019. So Illinois riding a bit of a hot streak versus Michigan right now as well. I do have Illinois in that championship game. I think they're playing well lately. The recent loss to Ohio State at home being one of the few exceptions, but they know how to win as well in a tournament setting like this. They won the whole Big Ten tournament last year, beating Ohio State in the championship game in overtime. 
Uh, are we going to pick the bottom of the bottom half of the bracket yet, or are we going to hold off on that? No, I think we're going to transition right into that. Um, I, I I think Illinois could easily get to Sunday. They could easily win this thing as well. Four fifth-year seniors in their starting lineup, and the other guy is a junior, Kofi Coburn, who, in my opinion, was just in deserve as deserving of the Big Ten Player of the Year as Johnny Davis was. Uh, obviously, Kofi is a freak, and as you said, for whatever reason, I feel like Kofi is a lot of that reason why Jawan Howard's teams haven't beaten Illinois. It's a bad matchup when you have, you know, especially the last two seasons, Hunter Dickinson. Everything Hunter Dickinson does well, Kofi Coburn is really good at taking away. And that kind of – and then you have Trent Frazier as just a, a dude, you know, in the backcourt there that's really tough to get around and tough to stay in front of on the other end of the floor. So um, – I agree with you there. They could get there. I just something about Iowa. I feel like they they felt like they choked that game away. Motivation, you know, maybe their motivation is to get back at Illinois a little bit. Um, but again, neither of us would be surprised if Michigan ends up beating Illinois for the first time in uh, four years, I believe. Um, okay, bottom half. I think we can both agree on this. I guess real quick, yes or no. This is the easier half, right? I mean, do you agree with that overall? Um, the the easier you know half the bracket. Yeah, there's no question. Wisconsin and Purdue are your two and three seeds, and they're not playing as well lately. And then you have Ohio State, who is not playing well either lately, coming off losses to Nebraska and Michigan recently. So this is, without a doubt, the easier half. And and the way these teams that I just talked about are playing is the main reason why. And then another easy question. I assume you have Penn State beating Minnesota there in the Wednesday night game. I do, without a doubt. Minnesota's not playing well. Penn State's coming off. An impressive performance at Rutgers on Sunday, a game they lost by just one point. So, yeah, I definitely have Penn State advancing to play Ohio State in that second-round game. Then it gets interesting in this half of the bracket because you have seven-seed Michigan State against 10-seeded Maryland. Uh, Then you have Ohio State against what would be Penn State or potentially Minnesota. Ohio State's up and down. Michigan State, like you said, three and seven the last 10 games of the season. Maryland is like – who knows? You know, they're not good, but they have a couple good players. Fats Russell's playing great basketball. Uh, you know, the transfer from Rhode Island, as well as Eric Ayala, who can always hit shots. Um, and, and then the reason why this is the weak side, in my opinion, is that your two seed is Wisconsin. I wish Wisconsin would have held on to that one seed so we could have gotten a Michigan-Wisconsin rematch on Friday in Jawan Howard's second game back. It would have been absolutely fantastic. Austin... And I, you can appreciate this as someone, you know, who used to write about this stuff. The storylines, I mean, it'd just be so easy to write about. But alas, they're, you know, at the bottom half here, the two seed. So out of this group, like Michigan State could easily lose to Maryland. You saw what happened in that game. They got up big early. It was 14 to nothing at one point. But then Maryland came charging back, made it a game. Michigan State pulled away. That was at Breslin on senior day. Maryland is probably they probably felt them out and they were like, hey, we won the second half or whatever it was. We had a a huge stretch of that game where we were outscoring Michigan State. They went cold and we were able to hit shots. We can go in and beat them like they did last year in the Big Ten tournament. I know it was different teams, different circumstances. Um, So wouldn't be shocked either way in that game. Uh, But I got Michigan State moving on. um, And then I have Ohio State moving on there as well. Uh, What do you have here? Yeah, Maryland is another one of those teams who, for whatever reason, just never plays well in the Big Ten tournament. I don't know if it's fair to keep judging them that way because all those losses that they had in recent years was under Mark Turgeon, and he's obviously not there anymore. But with that being said, I do have MSU beating Maryland in a tight one. It was impressive the way Maryland clawed back in that game. On Sunday at MSU, they were in that big hole early, and then they did cut it to three. Late in the game, 61-58, I believe, at one point before losing by 10. But I've got MSU advancing, but uh, I won't be surprised to see Maryland beat them. You look at MSU's roster, and they just don't scare you at all offensively. Gabe Brown is their leading scorer at just 11 points a game, so they go in these long droughts where they can't score. But, again, it's not like Maryland is a good team. So I have MSU advancing to play Wisconsin. As for Penn State, Ohio State, you know what? This is going to be my – Upset pick of the tournament bracket so far. I have Penn State beating Ohio State. The injuries that Ohio State has is a big reason why Zed Key 
re-injured that ankle during yep. Sunday's loss to Michigan. Kyle Young didn't play at all dealing with the concussion, uh, an issue that he's dealt with for much of his career at Ohio State. So those are two key bigs down low, Kyle Young being a fifth-year senior, Zed Key, one of their better players as a sophomore. And, and like I said earlier, Penn State has plenty of potential nearly going into Piscataway and beating Rutgers on Sunday. So Ohio State is limping into the NCAA tournament, and I think those struggles continue with uh, Penn State beating them in that second-round game. I like the upset pick, and Penn State can muck up a game, right? And I feel like they're the type of team that you're sitting at the Big Ten tournament and a game starts to go weird. And honestly, it feels like Penn State and Ohio State play a lot of years, and it ends up being like that. Get slow, grind it out type of game, miss shots, and that's how Penn State wants to play you. Think of the Michigan game there in State College earlier this season and so many of Penn State's game games this season. Um, I could see it. Kind of jealous. I kind of wish I, I made that pick, but I I don't know. I mean, will we get a little bit healthier of an Ohio State team in Indianapolis this week? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, and health is what I was going to touch on. I was just Googling uh, as you were talking there about Wisconsin. Johnny Davis looks like he's expected to return uh, after leaving that game against Nebraska early and missing the remainder of that game. It looks like he's expected to return for the Big Ten tournament. I have Michigan State, regardless, knocking off Wisconsin. They beat them in Madison earlier this season. I don't know. Wisconsin was a team to me that played so many close games. They leaned on Johnny Davis so much. At some point, I feel like their luck may run out. And again, this doesn't mean that they're going to you know, have an early bounce in the NCAA tournament, although – when we, when we get there, when we get a bracket, I may pick that too. Um, I don't know. Just something that I think Michigan State can can beat them again. Like I said, they did it in Madison. And then I wanted to talk about Purdue. Purdue's going to beat Ohio State or Penn State in your case. And Purdue, when we talk about motivation, again, it's kind of my, my theme for this. Purdue may be the most motivated team out of any of these teams. They're the best team in the Big Ten, in my opinion. They cannot wait to get out of the Big Ten, but things are going to open up a little bit more on a neutral floor uh, with one-day scouts. They're going to roll past Michigan State in that semifinal, get into the championship, and you know I think they're, that's going to start a roll for them into the big dance. But I guess what do you have shaken out there? Who do you have coming out of that whole thing? I guess do you have – um, you know, Wisconsin beating Michigan State, or what do you have in those? And then uh, take us to the title game. I do have Wisconsin beating MSU, but if Johnny Davis is banged up, he'll likely play. But if he's not at 100%, I could easily see MSU beating them as well. They've already done it once this year, winning at the Kohl Center. Uh, nobody, on, nobody else on Wisconsin's roster really scares you that much outside of Davis. Brad Davison sure doesn't. Uh, he scares you, you like if you don't want to get cheap shotted. If you're gonna get an elbow <laughs> to the gut or you know below the belt, so he possibly. he scares you. Just yeah, I agree. Just not in a in a, in a not, different kind of way. Yes, <laughs> but and so I could see MSU beating with Wisconsin, but I do expect Johnny Davis to play and be effective. So I don't like putting both favorites in the semifinals, but I do have Purdue and Wisconsin matching up on Saturday in the semifinals. Wisconsin beat Purdue. Twice this year, they did win at Mackey way back in January. And then, of course, they beat them on the buzzer beater here just about a week and a half or so ago. So I have Purdue, without a doubt, winning the third matchup. It's hard to beat a really good team three times. I agree with what you said. I do think Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten as well. I was watching Big Ten Network today at noon, and they were all saying Illinois. And I disagree with that. I think it's Purdue. Purdue has had their ups and downs this year. They've played poorly at times lately especially but I agree I think they're going to go into the NCAA tournament with some momentum I think they knock off Wisconsin in the semifinals and play Illinois in that championship game of the Big Ten tournament but even if Purdue goes into the NCAA tournament hot I still can't pick them to make a deep run because they never do under Matt Painter I know they made the Elite Eight yeah. in 2019 should have been in the final four before Virginia tied it at the buzzer and sent that game into overtime. But Diakite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen Purdue fizzle so many times under Matt Painter in the NCAA tournament. But you know what? I think that 
they'll have some success in the Big Ten tournament this year. And again, I think they'll make that championship game and play Illinois for the Big Ten tournament title. And then there we are. We're at the Big Ten tournament title game here. I have Purdue taking on Iowa and beating Iowa. You have Purdue and Illinois. And basically my reasoning here goes for what I just said. I, I think they are, you know, same as you, the best team in the Big Ten. Feel like they're motivated to get a title, get a championship. You know how John Beeline would talk about it. It's like if you don't win the Big Ten regular season title, hey, there's another opportunity right around the corner in either Indianapolis or Chicago. Happens to be Indy this year. And if you don't get that, and even if you do, stack it on and try to win the NCAA title. And I feel like Purdue is one of those teams that they want a ring out of this season. This is such a damn good Purdue team, and they want a championship. Uh, obviously, everyone wants it, so it doesn't mean they're going to win it. But I, I think they're the most talented. They're really tough to guard, especially on a one-day scout. And as you said, they faltered down the stretch a bit, but they also had some bad luck. Chucky Hepburn hits a bank shot. Tyson Walker hits a three, and it was a great shot. And both of them, you know, deserving, whatever. But, you know, they feel like they probably should have had a Big Ten title in hand. So I have Purdue winning that game, winning the Big Ten uh, tournament title. Yeah, and there's no shame in Purdue losing games like that late in the year. Look at the two environments you just mentioned, you know, Wisconsin, the Kohl Center, and then MSU's the Breslin Center, both losses at the buzzer. So there's certainly no shame in that. Uh, like you said, I do have the Illinois-Purdue matchup in the title game. If it does play out this way, that's a really hard game to pick, and I think it would come down to the wire. But I do have Illinois BDM. They know how to win in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they won the whole thing last year. And I think that they're going to be a bit more motivated this time around after the NCAA tournament flameout that they had last year, losing in the second round as a one seed to Loyola Chicago, one of the biggest upsets of the entire NCAA tournament. A lot of people thought Illinois would go on to win the whole thing last year. So you look at the guys that they brought back who were on that team who still have that bad taste in their mouth. Kofi Coburn, now as a junior, Trent Frazier as a fifth-year senior. So they have the experience. They have the talent. Plummer at guard is a lights-out shooter from three. So I have Illinois beating Purdue in the Big Ten tournament title and repeating as a conference tournament champs. Wow. So they get their first at least share of Big Ten regular season title this year since 2005, and now they're going to go back-to-back. I could absolutely see it. Um, Let me pull up real quick. I was looking at this before. So the Vegas odds – for um the big 10 tournament and of course it's making me log back in here on my uh betting app no free ad so i won't mention which one it is um but michigan had the six best best odds as a number eight seed of course the only team that's been uh an eight seed to win the big 10 tournament has been michigan in 2017 four wins in four days in washington dc after a plane crash purdue uh, does have the best odds to win this thing. Illinois with the second best. Iowa at the third best with four to one odds. Wisconsin eight to one. Uh, Ohio State twelve to one. Michigan fourteen to one. Again, those are the six best. And then it is uh, they're tied with Rutgers at fourteen to one. Michigan State next at sixteen to one. And then it goes on from there as the the odds get longer. But that's basically where it stands in terms of where Vegas has this thing. And I think that that basically validates or you know they agree with that the bottom half there is a little bit easier Purdue um in a nice spot there in terms of how the bracket shape shakes out so I'd actually be pretty surprised if they didn't make it to Sunday but uh, again anything could happen um that's the Big Ten tournament and now we move on to the other tournaments so these will obviously go quicker we're not going to pick every game like we did for the Big Ten um, but we're going to go in order of what at least I thought, and I think you may have agreed with before we went on air, are the most interesting conference tournament brackets here out of the high major teams. It starts with the best conference in the country, uh, in my opinion, at least the Big 12. So there's the bracket on the screen for those people watching. Um, man, the Big 12 is a talented conference, especially at the top with the top three, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, um, you know, you throw Texas in there. Don't totally trust them still under Chris Beard, but uh, I think he'll get that thing rolling at some point. Um, so basically here, take a look at the bracket. I know you did research before. 
we can start with you on this one. I'll go first on the next one, but your winner of the Big 12 tournament and why, and your sleeper slash dark horse and why. Yeah, so I'm going with Baylor. I think they'll be a pretty popular pick. They are the two seed, obviously, in this conference tournament behind Kansas. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Kansas win it either, but man, Baylor has that March experience, obviously winning the national title last year. Uh, Kansas beat them. The two teams split their two meetings this year, so if they do match up in that conference tournament championship game, it'll be the rubber match. The health of Baylor guard LJ Cryer is a big one to watch in this one. He's their second leading scorer at 13 and a half points a game. He was banged up down the stretch this year. Kansas is a hard team to predict. Uh, especially in the NCAA tournament because they have gone on some runs under Bill Self, but they've also had so many uh, key upsets and flameouts. So it's boring pick, the one seed versus the two seed Kansas-Baylor in the title game. But again, I'm picking Baylor to get it done. I agree with what you said about Texas. And Chris Beard, though, I think he's going to get that thing going at some point as well. This is a much better coach Texas team now that Shaka Smart's not running the show anymore, so I really wouldn't be that surprised to see Texas knock off Kansas in that Friday matchup if it does wind up playing out that way. But this is such a deep and good conference. Yeah. Iowa State is the sixth seed, and they started 16-0 and this year. And they have, what, like year. 10 or 11 quad one wins or something like that? Their yeah, resume something. for a middle-of-the-pack team in a conference is absolutely absurd. And not only that, they were absolutely awful down the stretch this year. They completely fell apart after that 16-0 stretch, again, with a first-year head coach under T.J. Otzelberger. Texas Tech, you can't discount or disregard them, even though Chris Beard isn't there anymore. Mark Adams has done an outstanding job. In his first year in Lubbock, they're the three seed. So if I had to pick a dark horse, I don't know if this qualifies as a dark horse, but I would say Texas as the four seed. One other thing to know about this conference tournament is that there's only nine teams in it. Oklahoma I know. State. Weird bracket. Yup, as the 10. Uh, they were a hot pick going into last year's NCAA tournament with Cade Cunningham, of course, but they won't be a part of it last year. So Baylor is my champion. Texas as the four seed is my dark horse to watch. All right. That's fair. And just a little teaser. We will be we will be talking about Shaka when we get to the Big East. That's just a teaser for those of us in the business. Texas Tech is going to win this thing, in my opinion. Um, they're the best defensive team in the country in terms of the efficiency numbers. Their offense is super up and down, which scares me, but they have shot the ball well in their wins. Uh, they've beaten Baylor. They've beaten Texas. They've beaten Kansas. Uh, they beat Kansas twice, right? Or no, they split with Kansas. Um, so they've beaten all the top teams in this conference. They, you know, if you can defend like that, I, 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 I give them a shot, and I think they're going to win this thing, especially being where they are in the bracket, where they're the three seed, and they're probably going to match up with two-seeded Baylor in the semifinals. You mentioned health with Baylor. That's my biggest concern with them. And, you know, frankly, the experience thing, I think a lot of their key guys from last year's team are gone. So I'm not totally sold on Baylor making a run, especially with how banged up they are. So Texas Tech, to me, is going to win this conference. Dark Horse, give me TCU. That's my dark horse. Um, you know, I think people are sleeping on them a little bit. Um, let's move it along to the SEC, which is another interesting one, another one where you have some middle-of-the-pack teams. I think this is the league that maybe has the best dark horse candidates, so we can talk about those. Um, but I said I would start with mine in this one, and it's hard for me not to go with third-seeded Kentucky they would match up with a Tennessee team that I don't trust Rick Barnes this in this month of the year uh, in the semifinals. You have Auburn as the one, Arkansas as the four that would potentially match up in the semifinal on the top half of the bracket. But I have Kentucky winning. Um, and my dark horse is LSU as the five seed. They would could easily beat Arkansas in uh, the quarterfinals, move on and beat an Auburn team in the semis that has, uh, you know, great start. They were number one at one point in the country or, you know, number one in the country at one point in the season, but have really not played as well down the stretch here as maybe they would have liked. I hate to agree with you, Clay Dog, but I'm going to have to <laughs> on this one. Kentucky is my champion in this one as well. 
I think they're one of the best teams in the country, obviously, and one of the safest picks to win the national title. So I've got Kentucky winning the conference tournament, and I got them beating Arkansas in the title. Arkansas is one of the hotter teams around. I know Tennessee just beat them on Saturday, but it was in Knoxville. Arkansas has some of the best wins of any team in the country lately under Eric Musselman. They recently beat Auburn. They recently beat Kentucky. They recently beat Tennessee. So, and they meet the Elite Eight last year, so they know how to win in March. Arkansas, I think, uh, knocks off Auburn on Saturday of the SEC tournament, falls to Kentucky in a tight one in the championship game. My dark horse, this is actually a pretty easy pick. I'm going Alabama as a 600, Nate Oates. They were a two seed in last year's NCAA tournament, one of the better teams in the entire country. A lot of people thought that Michigan and Alabama would match up, and I believe it would have been the Elite Eight of yep. last year's NCAA tournament. UCLA of the, stunned them. Sure enough, UCLA had a shot at the buzzer, I believe, to send the game into overtime and then eventually beat them. So Alabama has so much talent, though, with Javon Quinterly and Juwan Gary and some of their other guys. So And they know how to beat good teams. They beat Gonzaga this year, one of the few teams to beat Gonzaga. But they've had a lot of crap games, too, where they don't play well. So Alabama, as a very hot and cold team, would be my dark horse pick. I could see them beating Kentucky if they were to match up on Friday. But Kentucky's my champion, and I have them knocking off Arkansas in the title game. Kentucky national championship contender. Hard not to pick them, I I think, in that conference. So on the same page um, with that one. And, yeah, I I remember this about the Alabama-UCLA game last year because didn't really watch a ton of it until – going back and watching it later that, um, you know, the next day before Michigan took on UCLA. But, you know, because we were covering Michigan in their win over Florida State. And I remember texting, yeah, I'll do something on, uh, on, you know, an early preview on Alabama because it looked like they were going to win that game. Turns out I was doing an early preview on UCLA. Uh, so that's just how March Madness works, basically. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. One more quick thing on Kentucky, though is the health of their two-point guards, Savier Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. Both have been banged up lately. Washington, a freshman. Wheeler, a veteran transfer Ty Ty's back, though, right? I believe he came back. I don't yeah. know if he's at full health yet or not, though. But if those guys are banged up, then uh, then I think you do have some reservations with Kentucky. But if they get, get those two fully healthy again, then, honestly, Kentucky might be my pick to win it all once we do uh, start filling out the NCAA tournament brackets. If they get a good draw, I think they're going to have a heck of a chance. Um, let's move on to the ACC tournament here. Uh, looking at this bracket, I just want to say the ACC is terrible this year. I mean, the teams that receive double buys, it's ridiculous. Notre Dame has a two seed in your league. Um, crazy. So, I mean, honestly, Austin, Dark Horses, they qualify right now. Anyone but Duke can be your dark horse because this league is no good, and Duke just lost to North Carolina. So I have Duke winning the ACC tournament. You hated to see them lose on the final home game of Coach K. Um, and my dark horse is North Carolina, who, honestly, I think it's probably going to be North Carolina-Duke, uh, North Carolina the three seed there in the ACC tournament championship game. But – I do have Duke winning. They'll get some revenge on North Carolina. But this is kind of a boring conference this year. It's incredibly boring. And this is maybe the worst that I've ever seen the ACC uh, in any college basketball season. It is unbelievable how bad they are. There are 15 teams in this league. And they're going to put, what, three in the NCAA tournament? Duke, Carolina, Notre Dame. I think they might sneak a fourth in like a Wake Forest. But... It's unbelievable how some of the traditional powers in this league have struggled this year. Louisville is terrible. Syracuse was very bad throughout much of the year. Florida State really fell off after the first month or two. So it's a boring bracket to fill out. I have Duke winning it as well, unfortunately. Um, I think that ESPN and some of these other ridiculous national outlets want to see Mike Krzyzewski go out on top in a big way. So I hope Duke obviously doesn't win the ACC tournament, but they're my pick. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they match up with North Carolina again in that title or in the ACC title game. North Carolina safely in the tourney now after beating Duke on Saturday. So, But my dark horse is Virginia and Tony Bennett. 
I would not be one bit surprised to see Virginia knock off North Carolina in that Thursday game. Virginia probably needs a win or two if they want to make the NCAA tournament. It's crazy to think about how much they've regressed over the past uh, year or so under Tony Bennett. It wasn't that long ago that 2019 they won the national title and were consistently a high seed every single year in the NCAA tournament under Tony Bennett. But they're my dark horse. I have Duke over North Carolina in the title game. Incredibly boring title game, boring uh, bracket to fill out. But unfortunately, I have Duke and uh, Krzyzewski in his final year winning the uh, ACC tournament. Yeah, I guess it'd be the most entertaining matchup for a boring league if it ends up being those two teams, even though I'm no fan of either. But, yeah, North Carolina, to me, they, they I, I like where you pick Virginia there because of where they are on the bra- where they are on the bracket because North Carolina is like Michigan. You never know what you're going to get on a given night. They don't defend much. Uh, they're actually very similar. Armando Baycott, uh, outstanding big man, just like Hunter Dickinson, both from the DMV area, both played together in AAU, actually. And, and then you have good guard play with Caleb Love, but um, very, very similar there. So I could see them. You never know. Uh, you know, what team's going to show up on that night for them. Um, okay, on to the Big East. And as I said, we'll be talking about Shaka Smart. They have some great, great wins, Austin, throughout the season. So they're my sleeper. I will give that away um, right now. Let me rattle off a couple of the, the wins that they were able to put together this season. They lost to Wisconsin in the non-conference. They lost to UCLA. But they've beaten all the top teams in the Big East. Seton Hall they've beaten. They beat Villanova twice. Um, and there's not that many great wins to pick up, but um, when you look at a Big East that's a little bit weaker as well, um, if you beat Villanova twice, you can win this tournament. So I have Marquette as the five seed winning, uh, or as my dark horse in the Big East, and it's hard for me not to pick Villanova, though, on the bottom half. UConn, I think, is also... Uh, basically, the winner of that Villanova-UConn game, I think, which will be in the semis, is going to win this Big East tournament. Um, Providence is the one seed. They're getting slept on because they're a lot like Wisconsin where they won a ton of close games. Are they really that good? Um, so, yeah, I got Villanova coming out. It's kind of easy to pick them, I feel like, especially in a tournament setting. Marquette is my dark horse. Shaka Smart has actually done a really good job with this team. They were expected to be bottom of the Big East coming into the season, but they defend actually better offensively than you would think. And I think that they got a shot to win, uh, you know, the Big East tournament. Georgetown is my dark horse, the 11th <laughs> seed. I'm just no. kidding. Georgetown has not won a game since December 15th. This is crazy. probably their worst season in school history. It's crazy how far they've fallen off under Patrick Ewing. He's in his fifth year. Uh, such a storied and tradition-rich program, and they're completely – irrelevant now so no if i had to pick a dark horse i do like your marquette pick in fact i kind of agree with you on this one i'm picking marquette to beat providence i know providence won the regular season title and they've had one of their best seasons in school history but i'm not sold on them they did beat wisconsin at the Kohl center back in november but like you said they had so many close calls this year and it's not like the big east was overly strong so i've got marquette knocking off providence uh, in the semifinals, and then I think it's the safest pick, but Villanova advancing to the title and beating Marquette. I agree with you as well on Shaka Smart. He has done an outstanding job in his first year in Milwaukee. I think it's obvious that he doesn't do well when the spotlight is the brightest yes. at Texas, for example. Yep. And yet when he's at some of these smaller schools like Marquette and VCU, it's by far where he's had the most success. So uh, I could see Marquette making the title game, and that's uh, what I have them doing. I have them losing to Villanova, but Jay Wright and Villanova, uh, they're still a force to be reckoned with in the Big East, even though they didn't win the regular season title. I've got Jay Wright's Wildcats knocking off Shaka Smart Marquette in the title game. Yeah, I I like that. You know, hats off to Shaka. He was at a football school. It got ugly. He knew he had to leave, and he goes to a place where he's probably more comfortable, where it's a basketball school. Like you said, not the national spotlight, but there's some expectations there. Uh, and he's put a really good season together, hit the transfer portal well. Daryl Morcel was a good pickup out of Maryland for him. Um, okay, so, and by the way, no UConn love for us there. 
it's kind of like no Rutgers love from us in the Big Ten side of things. So keep an eye on those teams because obviously we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Pac-12. Now, this is another weak league. Uh, they're going to send, I think, three teams to the NCAA tournament as it stands right now. But they have some good teams at the top. Arizona uh, it has been a team I've enjoyed watching all season. After that Michigan game really was eye-opening as to how good they are, especially on the offensive end. Uh, and then when you have a seven-footer in Coloco who can block shots like that, you're going to have a hell of a chance. Uh, UCLA, team that brought back everybody from their squad that made the national title game, or excuse me, the final four last year, uh, and almost won the nat- or got to the national title game. And then USC is another really good team who I think can win this thing here. But I have to go with Arizona. They're on the top side of the bracket where they would match up with either Colorado, Oregon, or Oregon State in the semis. I think not only are they the best team in the Pac-12, but they have the best draw. So I have to go with them. But my dark horse would be Oregon. Uh, they have won some big games down the stretch. I believe they beat UCLA only two weeks ago. Um, and they may have beaten Arizona. Austin, that could be wrong. But uh, Oregon is my uh, dark horse. And they're a team that's also trying to play their way into the tournament as well. They were on the bubble and uh, looked like they had a good shot there. But I think they faltered a little bit and need to uh, get some wins, make a deep run. I think you can make the case that Tommy Lloyd, Arizona's head coach, has had one of the best years yes. of any head coach in college basketball history. The job he has well, done with Arizona. Tap the brakes there, though. You have to do it in March. You know, if they if they early exit. Um, so far, up to this yeah. point. Okay, great. Completely agree. He he should maybe be coach of the year in my in my eyes. Yeah, I mean Arizona has consistently been one of the two or three or four best teams in the entire country this whole year. And I think people realize that way back in November when they blew out Michigan in the pre-conference tournament out in Vegas. So Tommy Lloyd spent 21 years as an assistant to Mark Few at Gonzaga before taking over at Arizona and Sean Miller uh, prior to this past season. No head coach, no first-year head coach, excuse me, has won a national title since Steve Fisher in Michigan in 89. And honestly, I would not be surprised to see Tommy Lloyd and Arizona do it this year. Some people have uh, talked about Michigan's roster in recent years and how so many guys are international players. Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner, uh, Iggy Bresdakis. Arizona takes that to a whole new level. Yes. You look at all their best players and they're all international guys. And he was, he, was the guy, he was the guy recruiting all those international guys at Gonzaga for Mark Few. And he brought a couple with him. Exactly. And one of those he brought with him was Umar Balo, who was a five-star center, signed with Gonzaga. He's out of Mali. He's now at Arizona. Christian Coloco, the seven-footer you mentioned, is out of Cameroon. Pierre Trisa, their guard, is out of Estonia. Ben Matherin's out of Montreal. These are all their best players, and they're all international guys. I, I'm just blown away with Arizona. I think they've consistently been one of the best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. I have them absolutely winning the Pac-12 tournament. I've been beating USC in the title game. I know UCLA brought everybody back from last year's Final Four team and added Miles Johnson from Rutgers, but I still just don't trust the Bruins. They've had some bad losses losses this year. You mentioned it, but Oregon swept them. So I've got USC making that title game. Andy Enfield, uh, Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast, old head coach way back in 2013. When they were a 15 seed, knocked off two seeded Georgetown, uh, put on that that dunk fest in one of the most memorable games in recent NCAA tournament Great history. Great tournament, yeah, yeah, it really was. I hate to agree with you again, but I'm picking Oregon as my dark horse by default. They're the five seed. Uh, they they have not been impressive lately. They were playing for their NCAA tournament lives and then got blown out by a pretty subpar Washington State team on yep. Saturday. Another good example of the pressure getting to a bubble team. And they lost but, to Washington before that. So, yeah, I'm looking at it too, and they had lost to USC. That UCLA win was massive. And then they go lose to USC, which is fine, but then you cannot lose to a terrible Washington team and then a bad Washington State team. Um, so exactly. they, they're playing for everything this week. That means a lot. Again, what's your motivation? Uh, I think they can make a run, yeah. It's all about the draw, too. Oregon isn't going to have many good chances to get good wins because there are so few good teams in this uh, conference. They would play Colorado 
if they get by a terrible Oregon State team in their first game. So bad. And Colorado would probably need a few wins to make the NCAA tournament, so that'd be a winnable Similar game. Boat, yep. Yep, but then they would match up potentially with Arizona in the semifinals. So Oregon, again, is my dark horse by default, but I've got Arizona knocking off the USC Trojans in the uh, Pac-12 tournament title. So there you have it. Yeah, and I agree. And uh, I just want to say they did not beat Arizona. One meeting, uh, so I was wrong about that. They lost to Arizona, but were able to pick up that win over UCLA um, and had a good non-conference win over SMU earlier in the season. Some solid stuff, but there's just not those opportunities, you said, in the Pac-12 to pick up marquee wins, and they faltered down the stretch against bad teams, which is a terrible formula if you're trying to get a fourth bid in the Pac-12. Um, exactly. I I think it's cool to uh, to talk about Oregon State too. They were one same of the as rare... Georgetown. They're the same as Georgetown. Yes, they're both in the exact same boat. Both teams were terrible last year, and then they win their conference tournament and go to the NCAA tournament. The difference between the two, though, was Georgetown got blown out in their first round game. Oregon State makes the elite eight. They, they were yeah. one one away from the final four. They lost to Houston, and now look at Oregon State this year. They have three wins. On the entire season, they're arguably the worst power conference team in the entire country. So what Oregon State and Georgetown did last year, though, winning their conference tournaments just sums up perfectly how crazy this time of year is and how much fun these conference tournaments can be. It's a great point. A great point. A great point to end it on. Um, We didn't miss any high majors, did we? No, I believe we did them all. Uh, We talked about doing the SWAC. In the uh, the Missouri Valley, but I That's think we're right. going to hold off on those two. Missouri Valley is that arch madness. That, see, a lot of those have already happened slash are going on, right? Um, yeah, I think most that, of them. Most yeah, majors are wrapped up. Yeah, but fantastic stuff, Austin Fox. You're welcome back anytime. Obviously, you know that we'll get you back on soon. Uh, appreciate you doing this. Nobody's more knowledgeable uh, about college basketball. Nobody has more passion for sports, college basketball, Michigan. Um, So we appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, man. And thanks again for having me on. We used to have so much fun doing these. And you know what, man? I'll be honest. I kind of miss this. It's uh, it's good to be back on here. It's good to be talking March basketball with you again. So I really do appreciate it, brother. Thanks again for having me. Of course.